1: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to Root of the Rot on the Restoration Radio Network. I'm your host, Stephen Heiner, and on this episode, I'm joined by His Excellency Bishop Donald Handelman, Rector of Most Holy from the Seminary in Brooksville, Florida. Your Excellency, thank you and welcome.
0: Thank you for having me.
1: As our listeners may know, this is our ultimate and final episode of Root of the Rot. So um, we've gotten to the root of the rot. It's pretty disgusting. It's pretty and rotten. <laughs> it's pretty rotten. We've gotten through a lot of it. And today what we're going to conclude with is a summary, or if you would, one might say, a coherent way of understanding everything that we've been talking about. And we'll do that by talking about um, Father Fahey and Monsignor DeLassis, who present two different, but yet complementary ways of looking at our situation. And we'll start with with Father Fahey's system, which I've heard you refer to as organized naturalism versus organized supernaturalism. So what's the uh, general...
0: That's his fundamental theme in all of his books, is that there is uh, uh, an organized supernaturalism and an organized naturalism, which are opposed one to the other. Organized supernaturalism is nothing else or less than the Roman Catholic Church, which is the mystical body of Christ. And it wants to uh, save the human race through sanctifying grace that it uh, uh, dispenses first by preaching the gospel to uh, the whole world and also by uh, the mass and the sacraments uh And it wants to draw all mankind into itself in order to save it from destruction in hell, uh, from the effects of sin. It wants to not only be a purely religious organization in the sense that just uh, sort of mind its own business uh, in in the area of religion, but it wants to reorganize society uh, according to culture, politics and economics. It wants to make a, a whole different kind of society from what it found in the pagan world, which it did. <clears throat> uh, it wants to create a world of something like what we saw in the Middle Ages, in which uh, the faith impregnated every single aspect of life, uh, right down from the king to the peasant, uh, and uh, where the, uh, the the main a uh, concern of life was was the faith and eternal salvation uh it wants to um make the the government and say that the government is the representative of god on earth uh and that the um that the culture that is everything that is produced from the point of view of what is considered beautiful whether it's in in literature and art and customs that's a very important part of culture is all dictated by considerations of supernatural faith, and supernatural charity. Uh, And that's essentially what you saw in the Middle Ages. It it is not to say that the Middle Ages was without sin uh, or that everything was perfect. Far from it, but it was essentially perfect. In other words, it it, it did have a Catholic culture, a Catholic politics, and a Catholic economics. Uh, That has been torn apart by its opposition, which is organized naturalism. Uh, Naturalism is to deny man's call to the supernatural order. It is to deny grace. It is to deny that the beatific vision is the ultimate end of the human race. It is to say that the pursuit of material things, pleasures, uh, human pride and vanity and power are what give man happiness. And uh, therefore, it it too, as if it were a church, uh, wants to organize the whole world based on those principles. Uh, And he says that there are um, uh, three main uh, agents of this organized naturalism. One is the uh the the Jews uh, and we talked about the Jews in an earlier uh episode uh, in as much as they reject the supernatural messiah and want to replace him with a natural messiah that is somebody who will bring to particularly Israel I mean the Jewish nation uh and to the whole world uh a a culture and economics and and a government that will assure these purely natural ends, naturalistic ends, and will reject any kind of uh, faith, and and uh, you know it will, it will be the enemy of uh, organized supernaturalism. That is the enemy of uh, the Catholic Church, which wants to organize the world according to the principles of grace, faith, uh, and and uh, and the beatific vision. Uh, so they're, they are naturally opposed. The second, he says, is uh, Freemasonry, uh, which is, uh, all of its principles are, are based on naturalism, and and uh, it is the outcome of the deism of the 16th, uh, well, really, 17th and 18th centuries. It was uh, very popular at that time, and, and during the 19th century, did everything it could to break down the establishment of the Catholic faith in Catholic countries, even after the Revolution, because it was still de facto very established, uh, and to tear it all down. Uh, and he said the third is, he mentions the cinema uh, and the radio and the press. <clears throat> now, he was writing in the 1940s, so, add television... <laughs> Uh, and Internet to all of those, and it was the, the general media. And he says they do the the destructive work, too, of organized naturalism. And uh, this is proceeding toward a world government of organized naturalism, uh, at which of course would be, he doesn't say it, I don't think, but of course would be what the Antichrist would preside over so that's that's father Fahey's view, and I think it's absolutely accurate i I think he was a man of great insight uh, I think he's perfectly accurate uh, in that
1: now your excellency you you talk about a say a return to the middle ages and and i 'm with you on that obviously but i've always heard you say that when something is only a theory and not a practice that over time the the practice, or let's say the, the lack of practice of the theory will become your truth. So if you say, well, this is intellectually what's supposed to happen, and then you don't carry it out, then whatever you're not, not doing becomes your truth in a way. Mm-hmm. And yes. I wondered about, the, you know, at the time, the Middle Ages, the church had a much closer relationship to the state insofar as it was not necessarily antagonistic. The church has never been interested in theocracy, but there were mm-hmm. concordate. Uh, you know, the Pope was consulted on political matters, on on other things. So we know that that is long gone. I mean, however, um, Francis may have been treated as a superstar here recently in the United States. Uh, mm-hmm. No one's going to be consulting him on any political decisions anytime soon. Um, so my question is, what happens to us as Catholics? We have to hold on to this theory that the church is supposed to... Have an advisory role. And I it, ordinarily speaking, I think Catholic Catholic action would necessitate some sort of slate of voting. This is how we would vote, this is who we would vote for. But I think the practice over the last 20 years, or at least in my experience, um, advised by clergy like yourself is that there's no salvation in, in politics. And that mm-hmm. since we're fundamentally disinterested in politics, let's say broadly speaking. In the current state of affairs, there's almost no organized Catholic action to do anything about the political sphere. So modern Catholics, our reality is that we're sort of, you could say, sitting on the bench, potentially, or not even interested in the game.
0: Mm, uh, Well, the Catholic Church would never, in principle, abandon its uh, attempt to Catholicize society and culture uh, it, it always wants to. the The problem in our situation is that, in a way, we're lame ducks. When you don't have a functioning hierarchy, uh, and you have something the likes of Bergoglio uh, attempting to be a pope, uh, you know, you, you don't. We can't come to to the world and say uh, we represent the Catholic Church you know we can't we can't in, in the eyes of the world all we can say is we are preserving the uh the truth of the faith and the true mass and everything else true catholic culture and uh we are doing that the best we can in the absence of the hierarchy but we do not have a mission uh you know like a, an official mission from from the hierarchy uh to to go out and preach the gospel or to to do anything of that sort it's not a it's not the same thing certainly we have a mission from Christ to preserve the faith but it is not the same thing as a mission from a a, a sitting hierarchy to go out and 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 preach the gospel and organize society according to catholic principles uh to organize catholic action etc it, it's a, you know so in that sense we're lame ducks and we have to content ourselves in these times with surviving. So that's one thing, is that the, the, the priest is ordained today in order to help people survive, period. Uh, he, he cannot really effectively do anything beyond that. Uh, the second thing is that the politics of the modern world since the French Revolution, uh, and, you know, to put it in a popular way, is completely shot, the, the all of the political principles are are wrong and and uh they all operate on the principles of Rousseau and other uh activists of the French revolution the whole thing is bad the whole thing is wrong everything that we cherish as wonderful is <laughs> <It's> condemned <laughs> you know freedom of speech freedom of the press Freedom of religion, all of those things are condemned by the Catholic Church. most Catholics don't know that
1: it's an, uh, an anti syllabus in essence
0: yes you know it, it it so where do you begin uh you know so the best you can do in politics is to hope for uh, uh somebody that will retain at least the natural law. Uh, some aspects of Catholic culture, but certainly not the whole thing. I mean, it's just not even possible to to think about a medieval society in which the the Catholic faith was just... So, I mean, you couldn't even think of society or its culture without the Catholic faith in in the Middle Ages. Uh, And that, you know, brings us to culture, too. I mean, the culture that the modern world has produced embracing as it does all of the naturalism that has been preached to it for the past you know 250 years at least uh is, is another, to use the popular expression is completely shot it's rotten to the core it it is dirty it it is vulgar it is ugly uh it it actually um uh cultivates the ugly in modern art and and all the contemporary arts and music etc Rock music, uh, it it cultivates sin uh, and impurity. It it is it is all straight out of hell. I mean, where do you begin with that? The only thing to do is to shut the door to it. Is is to protect yourself from it as best you can. I mean, that, that's what Catholics can do in this time. If we had a hierarchy, I think it would be uh, the the culture would be much better. I mean, look at the. The uh, laws that were the Hayes laws and the Legion of Decency. I mean, they managed to keep entertainment in pretty good condition before the Council, and it condemned movies uh, that were bad. Uh, It should have condemned some television shows, I think. But in any case, uh, there was, as a rule, you can watch things from the 1950s uh, and not have your 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 purity offended uh and as the, and the council came in you can see that gradually falling apart until you know by the 1990s and in our own time it's just so so dirty that you you can't even think about it. it's just you know there's nothing left it 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 is uh just a uh, a rubble uh, I mean you can't even call it culture I don't know what to call it but it's it's like a uh, it, it's like a bacterial culture. That's uh more like it. Uh, some sort of disease. Well,
1: so then to my my point, Your Excellency, if as you say, the Church doesn't abandon this practice in principle, but as we say, the Church is an eclipse, and you say we're lame ducks, and we're in a holding position. But I suppose what that means for us in practice is if we're in a holding position, that principle drifts further and further away because we're not practicing it. So mm-hmm. my question is, I very much am into the idea of being disinterested in politics. I know a lot of Catholics, especially Americans, action is our name. Action is our game. So we want to do something. And so they get involved and really interested in politics. And I I tend to side with your your point of view that we really just, we kind of have to sit it out at this time because there's not really, you don't have any bishops backing you up. If you say, well, this is the teaching of the church on, on marriage or, uh, um, contraception or abortion, even these days, you're not going to get backed up on those issues. No,
0: so it, not at it, all. It's
1: it's almost uh, impossible to, to 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 make any progress. So, uh, the question I'm asking on behalf of some of our listeners is: What is a Catholic's posture towards modern politics? Is it something we really need to be engaged in and worried about and signing petitions and that sort of thing?
0: no I mean, uh, well that's it a broad question uh, you know as far as politicians uh the the least of the evils or the lesser of two evils is what you're always going to pick out but always remember that the lesser of two evils is an evil <laughs> uh and uh, uh so and then the you know, don't expect too much i mean the system of government is one in which uh, even the best president or the best congressman is stymied by the checks and balances. So you have a government that's not working. It's it's like a, the engine is not connected to the transmission, and the transmission is not connected to the engine. So you, you have a great motor, but no transmission, and vice versa. Uh, it, so the whole thing gets stuck. I mean, uh, look at the, the condition of, of American politics. Even after you elect a Republican Congress, I mean, we could go on and on about that whole thing. But, you know, supposedly a Congress that is going to defend the right uh, and, and they, all they do is, is give the store away to the, the communists in the White House. You know, so You know, I just don't see any purpose in getting excited. Even the best that the system can come up with will be very flawed people. Uh, the very best will have all of the flaws of liberalism, which are built into the the country's politics. Uh, you know, all of the spirit of the Statue of Liberty is built into American politics. I just did a newsletter quoting George Washington saying, "This country is in no way a Christian country." Mm. You know, so they are. There's a lot of wishful thinking. There's a lot of mythology about. Uh, America as as a great nation. It it, it is not a great nation. It is founded on very, very faulty political principles that were dictated by deists and atheists uh, and who had such a confidence in human nature that they never thought, for example, that the Supreme Court would approve of same-sex marriages. I mean, that didn't even enter their, their heads. And I'm sorry, but I think they were pretty stupid not to figure that out. In removing religion from, Catholic, from American society, where do you think it's going to go except down the sewer? But because they were liberals, 18th century liberals, they, they uh, had all of this confidence in human nature denying, as they did, uh, original sin.
1: Well, they were all you know, listening the, to Beethoven's Ninth Symphony, actually, getting <laughs> excited about the Brotherhood of man. <laughs>
0: Well, you're a little off on your on your dates there. That didn't occur until the 1820s and and you know George was around. They were listening to Mozart and Haydn though. But but, Mozart, <laughs> but I mean I mean, in, the,
1: in the sense of what was going on at the time that there's this idea of the brotherhood of man as and as we talk about organized naturalism that they were they were listening to that intellectual music.
0: Yes, they were. They they were convinced of all of the 18th century Deistic, naturalistic philosophy, uh, and they they said to themselves, "We're going to invent a country where uh, there is no religion, and we're not going to fight over religion. We're going to invent a totally naturalistic country, and uh, that had never been seen since the beginning of the world, uh, uh, because the priesthood, religion." has always been intimately connected with government since the history of the world. Uh, And the United States of America was the first case in the history of the world in which they were separated. And uh, so, yes, I mean, it was the the naturalistic land, and it it gave inspiration to all of the countries of Europe to uh, implant organized naturalism in Europe, especially in the Catholic countries. Uh, Italy and, and Spain and France and, and, and parts of Germany and so forth. So the whole whole continent became infected, especially after Napoleon. Then you had Beethoven writing his symphony, but you know that poem was written much earlier by Schiller. Yeah. And uh, and uh, so and I don't know if you know, but the the you know the, the tenor sings Freud. Uh, he is a tenor. He might be a baritone, but in any case, uh, he says "Freude," which means joy. The original was "Freiheit," which means freedom.
1: <laughs> See, so,
0: but that was after the restoration in 1815, and that was somewhat unpopular at the time. Right. So they changed it to "Freude," joy. But the the words that are are revolution and and certainly. Uh, And and naturalism, you know, all men shall become brothers. And, I mean, it sounds like the Antichrist, uh, you know, (laughs) him to the Antichrist. By the way, that is the national anthem of the European Union. Yes, Uh, yes, I'm aware of that. It
1: makes sense, doesn't it, Your Excellency? I mean, it really makes sense. That's what they, at least they're consistent.
0: (laughs) Yes, the United States of Europe and the European Union has always been the goal of the socialists and leftists, and, and even people in the 18th and even 17th century, you know, really uh, what we would call in today's terms leftists, uh, socialist types. Uh, that has always been a, you know, no, that's,
1: that's, that's what organized naturalism can achieve, Your Excellency, as you pointed yes.
0: out. It, it uh, only makes sense.
1: I want to pick up on your mention of the United States just briefly. It's not entirely within um, what Father Fahey was talking about here, but the it, it It's interesting that you mentioned that they want to remove religion from from public life, but isn't it fascinating that you can you can remove religion in name, but then the substitutes come back in and i in in america i I think if you're willing to take a step back from being politically interested or involved, you can look and see uh that this secular american religion you've got you've got a prayer. In the Pledge of Allegiance, I, I consider sort of a, a secular American prayer. You have a sacred text, the Constitution, which is supposed to be your your entire living document. And you have, mm-hmm. these, temp- you have these temples built to the founding fathers. You have Lincoln sitting in this religious temple, in this mm-hmm. enorm this enormous figure. And so, mm-hmm. we removed religion. And what replaced religion were these secular symbols, but they're all they're, there's a temple, there's a there's a sacred scripture, and there's a prayer, and and mm-hmm. they're all parts of the American psyche. And I think sometimes Americans can conflate their love of country with the practice of the true religion, and see, as you say, some people say, "Oh, yes, it's a Christian country," or we have these godly principles because they have imposed their notions of religion upon these symbols. But these are all natural- as you say organized
0: naturalistic rituals yes they are essentially masonic um and um no i I think way the way you know the average Catholic in this country would think is this: America is a nice place to live in, then from there they they go to well, then everything about its founding and all of its politics must be good so and the fact that it's a nice place to live in really has nothing to do with its politics and its founding. Uh, the, uh, a, the one thing you could say very much in favor of the United States is that it has a stable government, but that's due to the stability of the population. You know, it, 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 is, it is, you know, it, I think the Anglo-Saxon uh, mentality that, that is dominant here, which uh, is very stable, uh, you know, and, and is not prone to uprising and, and, and revolution. It is is prone to, you know, work a day and mind your own business, and uh, so it puts up a lot. It puts up with a lot in the government, uh, and and it provides for stability, even though the government, especially today, you know, has been is is extremely corrupt and broken. Uh, uh, you know, as a system. Uh, and another thing to remember is that the United States is very young in comparison to other countries. So, you know, the, the the game isn't over yet. And we will see how the government of the United States survives the long run. We're only, we're less than 250 years old. That's nothing for France. That's <laughs> just waking up. Uh,
1: <laughs> That's just one family. That's just one family's dynasty. <laughs>
0: right i mean rome lasted from 753 bc to um to 476 ad that's a lot of years you know so uh, you know it, it isn't over yet the fat lady hasn't sung and the the uh, workings of american government is uh, are starting to show where uh, the, the uh, broken system and and uh the Supreme Court having supreme power uh, over anything that makes any any uh, 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 any difference to people. <laughs> you know, all of the important stuff is decided by those nine people on the Supreme Court, whereas, you know, any uh, environmental uh, uh, legislation might be discussed by the Congress. You know, but whether you're going to have somebody, two people next door that are men married— is up to those uh, Supreme Court justices who of course, are experts in the moral law mm. they have you know training in the moral law and and they know all about it, so they redefine marriage after you know how many centuries of human existence. If you believe the evolutionists, it must be like you know a gazillion years they they redefine marriage after all of these <laughs> these many many years. Of men marrying women, and you know there they are—these nine justices in their uniforms, proud of themselves, redefining marriage. I right, mean, it's well, just and, absurd.
1: And part of the majority, I, I think, they were at least raised, born, practicing. They say they're Catholics too, which is—it just shows you that residual, you know, power and influence of educated Catholics is still there, but it's uh, it's in the novus ordo form. So you have these sorts of compromises happening.
0: Yes, yes, it's. Uh, but you know, and other issues too. I like. To, uh, I mean, here, look at the the funding of Planned Parenthood. That they can have a video like that, I mean, that that just cries to heaven for vengeance. That that they're going to take apart this living being, and uh, you know, and sell off its organs, and that there is even any discussion about whether they should be funded or not.
1: Well I mean, as, as as you say actually people mind their own business and you know as long as you don't uh, bother them too much they don't really care.
0: Yes. Well that's what I'm, I but I getting back to the original point. I, and I think that the whole culture, politics and even economic system of the United States is so and not only the united states but everywhere is so shot that's the best word for it i know it's just just a popular word but it's so shot that i don't think people should get excited about politics just see what what you know what emerges from those conventions and vote for the lesser of two evils and you know the, the the thing that they want to work on is making their own world that is their families uh Catholic and giving a Catholic culture to their families and shielding their families from the the evils of the outside world. It's really evil. That's that that's within their capacity to do. They cannot change the world. Uh, the world is is uh, on a you know a, like a car going down a cliff, hitting one tree after the other and one boulder after another until it finally blows up at the end. There's no way to change that. And we're so tiny that we're not going to, to make any big big changes. I mean, I think that's a waste of time. Uh, I think, uh, and many times people are so concentrated on that that they neglect their own families. And they let their families become imbued with the principles of organized naturalism. Uh, they send them off to colleges where they lose their morals and they, they lose their faith. Uh, because of, of, of that, of organized natural uh, naturalism, they don't have a, a realization that those places are, are one of the ways in which this evil that has destroyed everything that we consider good and right uh, is, is communicated. Is, is the average college that you send your your child to, and you know they do that as if well, what else would you do, you know and. Mm. Uh, and and, uh, hold out to them uh, careers that require that they attend courses that are, uh, uh, you know, uh, unacceptable. Uh, They, uh, uh, you know, it's one thing if it's, you know, if you're going for accounting or something like that, but, you know, if you're going for law or anything that requires a liberal arts uh, presentation, you're going to get some very, very strong anti-Catholicism. And then you're you're also subjected to all of the naturalism of all of your friends around you. Yeah,
1: <laughs> To say the least. As yeah. as an atten- as an attendee of of, uh, of the modern university, I can definitely attest to that.
0: And that's a uh, euphemism. I mean naturalism is <laughs> a euphemism for a lot of dirty stuff.
1: Sure. Yeah. Sure.
0: Uh,
1: the um I suppose that just as a as a side uh, final comment, bookend on that. Um, the university I got my, my master 's degree from St. Louis University recently removed a v- statue of Father Desmet um, showing Christ to the Indian, which, uh, under protest, was moved to a museum and I remember just writing a letter to the college president just saying you cannot change you can put something you cannot change the fundamental reality of the fact that the only reason there is a university called St. Louis University in St. Louis. Um, it's because of the Jesuits' active efforts in converting the Indians and bringing them to Christ and away from their paganism, and it's mm-hmm. this, even you know at a place called Although I don't think faith, he
0: was a Jesuit.
1: I don't think Father Desmond was a Jesuit, but, right, go ahead. but that but but that movement uh, of, of of missionary work with the Indians that yes, this, yes.
0: Uh, uh,
1: a total denial
0: uh, of of, uh, of yes. the reality of things. Yes, and but this, you know he was he was met, very popular with, with the read. Indians. I don't know if you know that. He, uh, I read a book about him. He was the Indians loved him and loved the Catholic faith. The Indians of Montana. He put up with the most horrible hardships in getting out to those Indians in Montana, going through the Missouri River, and you know you have to get off the boat all the time, and disease, and 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 starvation, and all all sorts of things. And then you know they they vilify these people. The same with Father Junipero Serra. Uh, the Indians in California didn't know how to till the soil. I mean, here this you know we're supposed to leave them alone in their sanctuary of their high civilization. <laughs> they didn't know how to till the soil. Right. The priests told them how to till the soil, but you know the priests are evil, and they're bringing in all of this colonialism and and imperialism and. Uh, just imagine if we had left the Indians. So the state of California would be peopled by uh, tribes uh, that wore nothing in the summer and who did not know how to till the soil. That would be the state of California. So this is what we, we you know, we should hope for. And anybody that brought in anything else was evil and rotten and disgusting.
1: Yeah, so even at the, that's, as I'm saying, is even at the nominally, uh, allegedly Catholic university, they're getting rid of their the own, their own rise on death. The, the reason that they're there is to educate, you know, people who, who don't have that culture, and they're even lying to themselves <laughs> yeah. about it. But I want to get to some of the quotes of Father Father Fahey, and obviously I want to talk about Monsignor D'Alastis as well, but uh, there's a quote, he says, there is unorganized opposition to the supernatural life in each one of us owing to the fall. This unorganized opposition of individuals inevitably leads to the formation of little anti-supernatural groups here and there, even without the concerted action of vast organized forces. Mm -hmm. But the fact that there exists concerted anti-supernatural action on the part of organized bodies is so far removed from the preoccupations of the average Catholic that it needs to be specially stressed and its aims made clear. My own cautionary tale along these lines is I, you know, this was so distant from me. I didn't realize as a member of the Overland Park Rotary Club, which is where I was living at the time when I lived in Kansas City, that I was participating in one of these little uh, anti-supernatural groups. I didn't know. Uh, <laughs> and I owe that to my own ignorance. And I was, I was told about it by, by people and I, I resigned immediately much much to the sort of shock of everybody in the club, and I was shunned by everybody, right? Uh, yeah. That I would leave for religious reasons. These people, you know, people would, would call me and say, well, Stephen, you know, I don't care about uh, religion or politics. I just, I said, well, if you don't care, then, then why are you so upset that I'm designing? <laughs> uh, right. I want, I want to make sure that people know Kiwanis, the Optimist, the Rotary Club. If there are any Catholics listening to this, Uh, And His Excellency can speak more about this, but they're one of these little anti-supernatural groups organized against our Lord, and we really can't, as Catholics, be members of any of these organizations, can't even be uh, associated with them in any
0: way. The same for lions and elks, and uh, they're all, to a greater or lesser extent, cousins of Freemasonry. Rotary is a first cousin. Mm. uh and um uh there's another one i uh, that's uh, close to it I can't remember it right now, but lions is pretty uh, they're their first cousins it's Freemasonry without the ritual uh you know the the skeleton and the the whole other bit and they're sitting in the coffin and what not. Uh, it, you know, there's none of that, but it's all organized naturalism. It's all, uh, you know, let's make a better world, let's take up a collection for crippled people or something like that, which is, you know, a fine thing to do, but it's done under the flag of naturalism, and we won't talk about religion. The the one religious principle that they have is don't talk about religion, and and religion doesn't enter into what we do. That is totally contrary to Catholic ideals and, and what the Catholic Church aims to do. Totally contrary. Uh to to secularize life and culture and the motive of what we do to to make it uh, just uh, completely godless. Um that that's uh, so yeah there are all of those things. Uh, I would say elks are like third cousins. That is the same thing. Funny uh, it, uh, it's a brotherhood based on natural and naturalistic principles. Not shrine, based the on shriners. the faith. Shriners, yeah, I would say they're first cousins. <laughs> They've got ritual and everything, you know. They're they're real close. Maybe maybe in laws or something. But <laughs> uh the uh but you know you get back into some of those uh, although I think elks and the and the moose are on the wane. I notice a lot of their places are for sale. <laughs> mm. Uh and uh but uh, it's it's all the same thing. It's religionless brotherhood. And, and I, I,
1: yeah, don't you think, Your Excellency, that this is an expression again? People, you deprive them of religion, they'll seek to reconstitute religion somehow. And these yes. these very poor substitutes. But they, this is uh, as Father Fahey says, it springs up. This this disorder in our soul is tending towards something. If you're not bringing them to the true religion, they'll create something for themselves.
0: Yes, uh, and that has been the history of mankind. Uh, Mankind, is the greatest possible ignorance uh, that men are capable of is in religion. When you look at what people have done in regard to religion and the ignorance and error that they have fallen into in regard to religion, superstitions, it's really incredible. Even even uh, advanced civilizations like the Egyptians, the Greeks, the Romans, Persians, um, they all had these really bizarre ideas. And and uh, Romans, uh, you know, opening up animals, looking at their entrails in order to find out if they're going to win a battle or not. Uh, and uh, you know, if a if a bird flies over, well, that's a bad omen. And you know uh these are these are you know people who, who conquered the world but they they're totally ignorant uh of of when it comes to things of god and in our age it's the uh we have religion substitutes the climate change for example is a religion substitute making a better world in general which and climate change is a part of that uh of, oh, you know uh giving to things being generous things that are in themselves very good, uh but for a totally naturalistic reason, see so you know putting a wing on a hospital it would you know which just fine in principle, uh but for a totally naturalistic reason uh the uh, whole idea of making a better world, so you know, maybe this belongs to Francis Watch, but he never talks about God, everything he said to the Congress was in some way improving this earth. And that has become the religion substitute. Uh, People must do something beyond themselves. They must have high principles beyond themselves and and congratulate themselves that they're not just greedy consumers. So the the organized naturalists have these these religion substitutes, and and they are fanatics about them. Just fanatics. (laughs)
1: It's true. It's true. I, I, I want to read one more quote from, from Father Sehi before we move on, Your Excellency. Um, he says, and you were alluding to the press, the radio, and the cinema. He mentions this, and you, you would add the Internet and television, obviously.
0: <laughs> television.
1: He says, he says, Catholics succumb to the machinations of our Lord's enemies, largely because they are not trained for the real struggle in the world. They leave school without adequate knowledge of the organized opposition they will have to meet, and having very hazy notions about the points of social organization for which they must stand and against which attacks are being directed. They do not realize that the opposition's ultimate aim is the disruption of Christ's order. So people think it's a sort of random and floating out there, and it's not organized. And the reality is it's very organized
0: yes yes it it uh it has to do I, I think and this would be a whole other show maybe but the the a number of popes since the uh French revolution have have tried to get along with this world which is so hostile to catholicism and have have tried to to deal with it and have tried to eke out a uh a way in which Catholics can function in it uh, and with it. Uh, I think that uh, that is the origin of Vatican II, is that attitude, which I, I, you know, in the part of the popes, I think was, uh, you know, they were of perfect intention. Uh, They saw that, you know, the world had changed and somehow Catholics have to get along in it, and that's true. But I think that Uh, they overstepped in saying they have to get along with it (laughs) and that therefore I think what Father Faye is saying is true that Catholic young people are not equipped to go out in the world and realize what is out there, how they have to fight against it, how they cannot be a part of it, and that uh, it it is something hostile to everything that they hold to be true and good and right Uh, I think that's absolutely true uh and i I would put it uh, you know in, in uh certainly Pius X tenth was not of that mind, but uh, you know others some were were of that mind without being modernists or anything. It's just uh somehow, if we're nice to this modern world, they will be nice to us, and if we're good uh good citizens of this modern world, they will be nice to the Catholic Church, and in fact it has eaten up the Catholic Church.
1: Well, I want to move on to Monsignor DeLassis, who, as we say, doesn't have the exact same point of view as Father Fahy, but has a complementary way of looking at things, and I suppose is, is Augustinian in, in his outlook. Um, yeah, yes, it's can... the
0: city of God, city of man. Yeah, definitely. Can
1: you tell us a bit more about that? Explain to listeners um, what, what what we mean by that and how it's different from Father Fahy. Um The...
0: Uh, Well, the city of God, city of man, that's uh, St. Augustine's famous distinction. The city of God uh, is composed of those who love God and despise the world, and the city of man is made up of those who despise God and love the world. Uh, And those, uh, according to St. Augustine, clash constantly uh, in various ways and uh Monsignor de is really saying it in a different way it's an he calls it an antagonism of two civilizations, very similar really to to uh Father Fei Father Feih would call the one civilization the organized supernaturalism, the other organized naturalism and uh monsignor de says you know the the Catholic Church transformed the pagan world. With its faith, with its culture, totally transformed it into into something entirely different, which the world had never seen. The pagan world being based on the idea that uh, pleasure and money and power are are the what are the sources of happiness. The uh, uh, and their flag, he would say. I mean, I'm, I'm paraphrasing, but the flag of that pagan world is enjoy. The Catholic civilization is one of of uh seeking the glory of God, uh, conforming yourself to the law of God, conforming everything in your life to the law of God, and and therefore creating a Catholic culture, and uh, doing everything for the purpose of gaining eternal salvation, seeing this life merely as a preparation and a test. For the next life that the the real life that we have to live is not this world it's the next world that's catholic civilization and so the flag of catholic civilization is merit that is by good works you merit your eternal salvation so that those are the two one is enjoy one is merit <laughs> i was explaining this to somebody and they said well the next time the waitress says to you enjoy you should say back no merit <laughs> and uh, uh so uh uh the uh, now that doesn't mean we can't enjoy things i i, <laughs> I, I said any good act this is on sunday that uh, my sermon last sunday any good act done in the state of grace is meritorious so if you're uh, you know a little hungry in the afternoon and you have a cup of coffee and a cookie well, you know, as long as you're not gluttonous about that, and you need it, that that's a meritorious act. But we don't read in the lives of the saints how many cookies they ate. <laughs> you know, that, that he five hundred thousand cookies he ate during, during <laughs> his lifetime. We read about their sufferings and and their hardships and and uh which came about uh from their zeal for the Catholic faith and like, Francis Xavier, all the things that he went through and Father Desmet, the uh, the Franciscans of California, I mean the, the Jesuits of the North America and Quebec, uh all the horrid things that they went through in order to bring the faith and, and uh so we read about that. You see so so also in this life we want to merit as much as we can uh and and the more there is the more difficult good that we accomplish the greater the merit Let's see. so uh the uh so that that's that's uh, monsignor de Lassus, so that these two civilizations one of merit the other of enjoy are are fighting each other at this point and and enjoy has all but one at this point <laughs> so but you know that that's the idea of same-sex marriages. Look, if it feels good, do it.
1: Yeah, you know, I couldn't think of anything further from my mind than eating cookies and reading the lives of the saints. Uh, you know, whenever whenever I read lives of the saints, I have this mental image of Bishop Stanborn reading it, being horrified at the uh, at the lengths the saints would go to. And your hair, you said your hair falls out when you read about. Uh, so you know, if I'm reading lives of the saints and I read something, you know, I'm trying to remember the name of the saint. He would. He would take a, he would dip himself into cold water and then he would dip himself into warm, you know, hot water and uh th- those sorts of exercises to to tame the flesh and um, yeah. my hair hasn't started falling out yet, but I certainly don't think of reaching for any cookies when I'm I'm reading the Lives of the Saints. Um and I'm certain I probably will never read about cookies uh in, in, in the Lives of the Saints.
0: Yes yeah, so I uh, just an example you know I'm sure they've had cookies from time to time but they're not known for that. Uh but that is a meritorious act. I mean even enjoying something uh legitimate and in a moderate way is a meritorious act, but it's not something that uh is is the the force behind, behind everything we do to enjoy the creatures of this world. And that that's the civilization that is clashing with Catholic civilization. And uh, that's Monsignor de Lasis.
1: I want to read a couple quotes from Monsignor de Lassus uh, to your points that you made, Your Excellency. Mixed in each with each other, the good and the evil, the believers and the non-believers, form the two cities described by St. Augustine. The love of self capable of going all the way to the contempt of God constitutes the society commonly called the world. And the yes. love of God carried all the way to the contempt of oneself Produces holiness and the people of the celestial life. Yes. and I think that expression is
0: wonderful. Yes, yes, uh, that that's uh, that really is the, the the two camps, and they fight one with another. Uh, every, you know, all through the history of of, of the world since the, our Lord Jesus Christ, they have been fighting, and that's why it's the Church militant and i think going back to father fehi you know the the young people are not taught the the militancy of the church against those those society those uh, that that decay of society and that the naturalism of society they're not taught that i think he's absolutely right and they succumb to it and they think that their catholic faith is something that is compatible with that, all that naturalism and they eventually just just succumb um, so, uh, uh, so the, he has a great quote, too, here, if Monsignor lassus the enthusiasm which was implanted in society by Christianity began to wane, we have already said, in the 13th century. So, mm-hmm. the liturgy makes note of it, and the facts demonstrate it. First it came to a halt, then it went into reverse. So that means Catholic civilization came to a halt. Then it went into reverse. This reversal, or rather this new orientation, was soon so obvious that it received a name, the Renaissance. The rebirth, from the pagan point of view of the idea of civilization, and with the reversal came the decay. That's Mm. a beautiful quote. Uh, Really, it does go back. uh, I I put the beginning of the end as the uh, slapping in the face of of Boniface VIII in the early 1300s by the lieutenant of Philip the, the Fair, uh, who uh, Boniface VIII was asserting his papal authority against Philip the Fair in France. Don't forget, he's the grandson of St. Louis. Mm. He sends, I forget his name, he has a famous name, I forget it right now. He, uh, Nogare, he goes down to Italy, finds uh, Boniface VIII Eighth. Uh, in a monastery at Ananyi and, uh, and goes in and tells him what for. And, uh, and uh, I believe he kidnapped him too, but in any case, he slaps him in the face with his glove. That's the beginning of the end. Mm. I mean, it's a symbolic thing, but that, that he's right. That the 13th century, that was the beginning of the 14th century. It, it already was happening. The, uh, 13th century was very prosperous in Europe and you see the beginning of the the turn toward the world and uh uh that's why St Francis gave up everything because of the prosperity especially in Italy uh that was uh, was occurring uh that the the old ways were were being eroded and that eventually made its way into you know the the 15th and 16th century as the renaissance and the renaissance is a is a return to paganism and coupled with the reformation uh it it just has brought down catholic culture and uh, everything that the catholic church established at the end of the roman empire which had well, a long life you know we think of well middle ages <laughs> middle ages is a long long time yes <laughs> and uh you know it it's uh, it was very stable too in comparison to our own age
1: well, and I think about what you said about this, the stop of, of Christian civilization and then, let's say, the backwards movement. Uh, because I, I, when, you always note in, in the liturgical year, Dom Granger is always sort of making these cutting jibes about uh, people giving up um, practices. So, you know, they were supposed to fast for this many days and it fell into um, disuse. And so the church simply accommodated people's uh, lack of asceticism. Right. Yes. And it, it just kept rolling back. And there's a <laughs> he note, you know, he notes there's not any time in which new, um, uh, aesthetical practices are introduced, <laughs> right? It's no always a rollback. Like, well, can we have meat on this day? Well, do we really have to fast for this long? And I just have this right. long, I just, I, in my mind, I think of this long list of Catholic whiners where you're just like, well, we can't, well, do we really have to go without milk on this day? Uh, and, right. and, I, and I just think of, of and uh, Dom Granger sort of looking back at the ages of liturgical practice and just sort of shaking his head at yeah. the lack of uh, manlyhood and fortitude uh, that we've yes. exhibited. And we just kept backing up. And now people complain about 40 days. You know, you're, yes. at some, you know, uh, Lent is like, you know, you see people are getting skinned, and uh, <laughs> it's just 40 days. I mean, I don't know what's the. Uh, and you know, I'm I'm the same too. I have a human nature. I have a fallen human nature. But I, you talk about the decay. It, it it didn't just happen in the world. It happened in the church. People, yes, you know, did. as you say, culture is the great teacher of mind. If you're going to be lax in the culture, well, it's going to affect your spiritual life as well.
0: Absolutely. Well, yes, it's uh, very true. Um,
1: another another quote. Um, Such was the work of the Middle Ages. During its course, the church accomplished a threefold task. She fought against the evil which arose from the diverse sects of paganism and destroyed it. She transformed the good elements, which she found among the ancient Romans and the various races of barbarians. Finally, she gave victories to the idea which our Lord Jesus Christ had given concerning true civilization. In order to accomplish this task, she set herself first to to the reform of the heart of man. From there came the reform of the family, and the family in turn reformed the state and society, the reverse of the method which is followed today. Mm-hmm. I feel like that should yes. be printed out and distributed to everybody. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Yes, it's a, another very insightful quote, and uh, yeah, it's, but at least I would say to Catholics, start with your family. You have control over your family. Uh, we still have, you know, unless the socialist state uh, reaches in, we still have control over that. And many Catholics who, you know, give themselves uh, the name traditional and are very fervent about being at the traditional mass are very modern in the way they conduct their families. Uh, and they will end up as, as pious liberals uh, the, yes, they you know they might have a traditional Latin mass, but they, they will be completely corrupted by everything that has brought on this destruction. Uh start with your families and 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 keep them away from the the present rot uh that, that's uh, you know don't don't get all distracted about who's getting elected and and uh, you know e, e, you know even things that are, are you know e, you know some people are very distracted about the problem of abortion uh and that, that's certainly a horrible problem but uh what can we do about it in a country uh in which there is no religion what argument can you use and in which there you have a Supreme Court that has nothing uh, that directs them in what is right and what is wrong. Not a single book, not even a paragraph, but simply the brains of those mixed-up people. Uh, uh, that you know, that that is what determines whether a baby's life is worth saving or not. Mm. You know the 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 uh, that that's it. I mean, there's nothing. There's no and this is so important to, you know, that fifty million babies have been slaughtered because those nincompoops in the in the Supreme Court are making up morality. I mean that is a a a, a broken system. It is seriously flawed and and essentially flawed. And, and you know the same with the same sex marriages and whatever else they're going to come down with. You know who knows. <laughs> <Ooh. Yeah. laughs> what sort of sexual aberrations are going to be approved by the, the nincompoops
1: well I, I suppose that's uh, as good a place as any uh, for us to conclude today's episode and to conclude our series uh, The Root of the Rot is there mm-hmm. is there anything you'd like to, to leave us with you're I mean, we've looked at historically the, the march of Christendom as you say the stoppage the, the rollback the pushback of Paganism's had enough of Christianity, we're pushing back, and we're almost at the opposite end. We're rolling back all of those reforms in Christianity, and we're coming back to the time of our Lord. We're to the Roman Empire, when, and he, although I would say the Romans still held some virtues up in their society. <laughs> I don't know if we'll, it's, we'll it's, achieve it's actually that.
0: far worse because this is an apostatical paganism. It's post-Christian and anti-Christian the Romans were just pagans, <laughs> just run-of-the-mill pagans, uh, but they they did not have a hatred of Christianity or a predisposition to hate Christianity as such. Whereas this is an apostasy. That's the uh, uh, an essential difference, and it's far worse. It's all in preparation for the Antichrist, in my opinion. It, it's we're just moving. Uh, along, uh, little by little, day by day, toward the reign of the Antichrist. And I think people need to see it in that context uh, and need to prepare for it in that context, that that their children uh, might see martyrdom or the equivalent of martyrdom uh, in the sense that they might be jailed or uh, you know, for for not uh, educating their children correctly, or something like that, or not participating in in the you know the Antichrist's programs, or this, that, or the other thing. It, they have to really prepare their children to be very, very strong because I think there's a lot. Of, I just thank God that I'm at the age that I am because, and I feel sorry for young people because they are going to face things that that are mind boggling. It's so bad. I mean I don't want to depress them, but they have to face these things with courage and realize that uh that the hostility of the modern world is um is is something that is uh, uh very very uh, 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 powerful, and they will succumb to it if they don't fight it hmm. well I think that's that's a
1: good place to end your excellency uh don't uh, don't succumb, and you can do that by fighting.
0: <laughs> yes, but the place you fight is where you can do some good. Words, I I am not one for getting very politically involved because I think in most cases it's useless. Uh, I, I I you worry about your family, your faith, your your religion, the practice of the religion, the rosary, the your your piety your spiritual reading, you're your receiving the sacraments regularly. That's that's what you should be doing. That will strengthen. And listen to the priests who instruct you about how to raise your children. Don't listen to the modern world about it.
1: Or Dr. Spock.
0: Right. They're all corrupt, they're all filled with evil principles, and all of the the rot that we see in the young people today is the direct result of all of the naturalism that has been pumped into them for decades.
1: Well, Yerkesley, thanks for your time on this series. Thank you for putting together the outline for us to follow throughout this series. Um, it's been helpful and informative, not just for me, but I'm sure for, for many of our listeners. And there will be a new show with Bishop Sanborn. Um, it, he thought he was going to get a rest. Uh, he's just going to get to start a new series. Um, but we'll, we'll save that for a future episode. You'll just keep your, keep your ears to the ground and, um, you'll see Bishop Sanborn in a new series coming up soon, uh, which will not be related to historical things. Dr. Z, thanks so much for your time. Thank you. As always, we want to remind our listeners that Root of the Rot is a production of the Restoration Radio Network. All rights are reserved, and any duplication without explicit written permission is forbidden. To obtain permission, please write to mail, M-A-I-L, at truerestoration.org. If you have any questions for Bishop Sandborn, feedback on this episode, we obviously will not be able to deal with it on a future episode, but it does mean that Bishop Sandborn can't respond privately to any questions you have. Uh, remember, you can simply write to us rot at truerestoration.org. All of us here at the Restoration Radio Network would ask that if you found this show to be informative, helpful, or in any way beneficial to you and to your faith, that you please consider sending a note of thanks to the clergy who helped make our network worthwhile. Remember that above and beyond material contributions, the most important donation you can make to our work here is prayer. Please think of offering a mass, a rosary, or even a simple ave for our work the next time that you pray. For the Restoration, I'm Stephen Heiner. May God bless you.